Okay, y'all, I'm going to be real with you. Watching this movie induced my period. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm dead fucking serious. <laughs> I really think it did. I mean, blood, lots of blood here. Lots of blood there. I'm going to be real with y'all. So any uterus owners, watch out. Watch out for the Evil Dead remake. <laughs> The girls who cried be horror. Hi, y'all. Happy. I always, always want to say happy Halloween. It's not Halloween yet. It's always Halloween. You're so right. In October, every day is Halloween. And actually, every day of my life is Halloween. Correct. Um, but hello, y'all. Uh, welcome to another mini-sode, specifically a tangential terror of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. As always, I am Anya. Hi, creepers. I'm Alex. And today... We are talking about the, let me get the year, I'm not prepared. We are talking about the 2013 remake, Evil Dead. And I am excited because this is a remake that I really enjoy. I feel like, you know, they most pretty much every like big horror classic from like the 70s and 80s has been remade at this point. And, you know, a lot of them I'm not wild about, but Mm. this one, this one hits different for me yeah I agree uh it's it's really it, I mean I'd seen it I think at least two times before mm-hmm. re-watching it for this um and it is really interesting especially because I don't know that I've ever actually that's not true but I'll just say because I just recently watched the whole Evil Dead trilogy mm-hmm. and then rewatched this as well like in such a close time period that you do really see especially if you go through I mean just doing Evil Dead and then the remake you can see the juxtaposition of a lot Mm -hmm. of it but especially the whole series where it's like obviously as that original trilogy goes on they lean so much into the camp with every passing minute it only gets more campy where this one it's like there's really no camp to be found. No, it is not. fucking gory. It is brutal. It is unforgiving. Which, you know what? There is something to be said for that, and I do enjoy it. But I think, yeah, we're going to have a really interesting discussion because of, like, obvious similarities in, like, st- I guess, plot. But, like, the way that they choose to tell the story is so wildly different. Yeah, and I think they, in some ways, have a smarter plot than the original because... You know, the original is just like, oh, it's a group of friends going to have a good weekend at a cabin. Whereas, like, this one is a group of people who are all, like, friends and family going to, a like, their home in the cabin. Because um, it's, like, I think it's uh, the main girl. It's like Mia. a family cabin, yeah. yeah. And they're there for a specific reason to help her get over her heroin addiction. Which I think is just a really smart way to set up the plot. Because then, you know, inevitably when she does start to, like panic and freak out and want to leave it's very easily attributed to like well she's breaking because you know she's going through withdrawals and she's trying to like get out so we have to just ignore what she's saying I think it's very very smart it creates like a very believable reason for them to not initially want to leave um and I believe all the characters I think you know overall it's a very very well written film I think obviously the practical effects and the blood that we will get into are incredible and I also you know I think the fact that they went a very kind of hardcore, bloody, vicious route instead of doing the campiness of the first film, I think it's great because, I mean, I know even though the, we said in our main episode the original was not intended to be funny, it was intended to be scary, it still, like, to me, reads in a lot of ways as very funny and silly and campy, and I love that, and I don't really want that 
kind of tone to be remade because I already have this original that is so perfect to me. So for them to come in and be like, no, hard fucking like R. I think it was supposed to be an NC-17. Um, or I think it originally got rated NC-17 and they cut it back, which the fact that this is cut back is insane to Right. Me. Fucking crazy. So I love it. We can just jump into it if you want. You want to Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a great jumping off point because be I do want to say – Two things. One is that I, I definitely agree with you in the sense of, like, yeah, I have no issues with the fact, per se, that, like, they decided, like, we've done the campy. And it's a good point. It's something that, like, you should take into consideration with a lot of, I guess, sequels or rather less sequels and more so remakes. And I know that we're both people, or I guess I'll just speak for myself in this exact moment, that I, I tend to be somebody who, yeah, is resistant to remakes a good amount of the time. Unless, like, the original movie is, like, it was such a promising concept and they fucking mm, botched mm-hmm. it. Then I'm always like, why? Like, why do we need to do it? It's so unnecessary. Um, but then, you know, sometimes, and I feel like it's a good rule of thumb, it's harder to practice. And I know that I have to be better, be better about it. But it's just, you know, being, like, you know, I don't need it to be exactly like the original or do everything the original did because that's why we have the original. Someone's doing it with a different spin or a different perspective, which can be hard when the original is such a huge, iconic piece of cinema that has so much love and such a following, which then comes back to like, well, then don't touch it at all, ever, which it just becomes a whole, you know, vicious mm-hmm. circle. But I do like that, yeah, they definitely leaned into, like, you have a movie called, like, Evil Fucking Dead. Think of those, like, gruesome fucking visuals from the first one that, like, you know, weren't at a high of, like, you know, budget level to pull off as mm-hmm. gory. And, like, because of that, then become more campy. So now that we have a budget, we can do those, like, more intense and thus play them more serious like, how fucking, like, disturbed would that be? Um, and I'm down for that. Um, one thing I'm going to say, though, um, I definitely think that you like this remake more than I do. Okay. Um, because I definitely like it, but especially watching it this time, I was definitely noting some things that I was like, hmm, okay. Um, and you brought it up a little bit with when you said, like, you know, I really like the characters and also when you were talking about the heroin addiction thing. Um, firstly with the characters, not that I overtly like disliked anyone, but it did make me laugh after the, op- there's the opening where it's like the other girl, mm-hmm. where they kind of establish like she's possessed by like a dead or whatever and like it's gruesome, her father has to burn her alive. Then they cut to the group driving to the cabin and they all get to the fucking cabin and they literally have this, it's like one of the most expositional scenes I've seen in a long time. Which, whatever, I'm, I'm watching, like, an Evil Dead movie. Like, I'm not, like, here for, like, some highbrow-ass shit. But it's just, like, they literally get out of the car, and they're, like, seeing each other for the first time in years. And they're just, like, stating off, like, everybody's, like, name and relationship and occupation. It's, like, <laughs> this is my girlfriend. Oh, this is the girl that works at, that you met at the shop, like, your car shop. Oh, yeah, like, she's a nurse. And then, like, when he goes, like, they're saying all this shit. And then he goes in the back, the brother, to see... And you're going to have to forgive me, y'all. Jane Levy, right? It's Levy or is it Levy? I thought it was Levy, but I could be wrong. Whatever it is, she's a queen. We'll get back to her. Um, Jane Levy, Jane Levy, she's in the back. She's our our protagonist. But her brother comes in the back and literally to someone, she's like, I didn't think you were going to come. And he's like, of course I was going to come. I'm your older brother. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's that. like, I, I get it. That. But at the same time, I'm like, you guys got to try just, like, a tiny bit harder. Like, I get that we're here for the gore and the crazy. We, I, we don't care about that shit. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, y'all are fucking walking us hand in hand across the crosswalk with this shit. Um, 
But the heroin thing, I once again, I want to go back. I do agree with you. I do think that as a plot device, especially when it comes up where it's like, she's going to get attacked by something, as we do in the original movie with her going into the woods and coming back and being like, the woods attacked me. And they're like, just lie down, like whatever. <laughs> really leaning into the like, you know, she's going through withdrawal because she's trying to do cold turkey. So she's like imagining shit. She's going out of her head. Like she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's going to say anything to get you to get out of here. Like, yes, that all works well. It is just a... Uh, ridiculous the idea that it's like okay she's not like I'm trying to stop smoking cigarettes or whatever like she's literally a heroin addict mm-hmm. okay um and I get the idea of like you know she she wants to be around people that she's close to and like we're gonna help her get through it y'all I'm sorry but like especially because they they literally say they're like we tried to do this before and it didn't work so why the fuck would you go out to this dingy-ass fucking cabin in the woods to try to get her cold turkey off of heroin? I can tell you that shit, like, will not work. As someone that has never taken heroin or known a heroin addict, I just feel like I I can still suss out that that's not going to happen for y'all. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> there's one line that sends me to the fucking moon where the nurse is like, um, Dr. Jane Levy or Levy gets attacked in the woods. Mm-hmm. They're like, I think, like, something's really wrong with her. Like, we should really do something. We should get her to a hospital. And she gets, like, really offended. And she's, like, she's getting the same exact treatment she's getting here that she would get at a hospital. Ma'am, what fucking hospital are you working at that she's getting the same treatment in this cabin in the fucking woods? Like, I'm sure that because you're a nurse and you stole drugs or whatever the fuck. But, like, she absolutely is fucking not. She's not. I think I disagree with a lot of what you just said. But I Go think off, it's really please. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, obviously, I also have never had a heroin addiction. But, I mean, I think... The purpose of them going to the cabin is because the first time and not working, uh, they were probably like in her apartment or something, or maybe in some kind of hospital that she then like checked herself out of or left or I don't know. So going to the family cabin, it does not give her an opportunity to leave because they kind of are in the middle of nowhere. And so even if she wanted to, she can't because they're going to be the people who are driving. So it gives her like no out. And also, you know, it was their family cabin. I'm sure they didn't expect it to be broken into and all fucking gross and dirty. I'm sure they thought it was going to be like a nice getaway like at like the cabin. Um, And I mean, also, I mean, again, I don't know like any specifics of like what you need to withdraw from heroin, but I do assume that they made that character a nurse because she probably had you know, whatever, I, you know, I, again, I don't know the specifics, but like, I think like methadone is an often used drug to help combat, um, maybe not methadone. I, maybe, yeah, I don't know. There's like a drug that you take to like help you wean off of it so that you're not like going into fucking like fits and shakes. So like it helps you. So I'm assuming she has that on hand that she's like injecting her with to try to like balance it out. So like, aside from the fact that she's not in like a sterile room, I do think that like medically she is probably still getting the same treatment they just need to like keep her inside and not have her fucking running through the woods and like being all over the place and crazy but that none of that really bothers me I feel like I think it makes sense for me but I respect that it doesn't make sense for you it's not that it overtly doesn't make sense because like yeah I get that she's a nurse it's just like one of those things where it's like at the end of the day you could have the argument and run around in circles. It's just like what they chose to do for the plot and it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's just more so where I'm like I get that she's a nurse so she's trained and I get that she, let's in theory say she like took all the drugs she thought she was going to need but it's just like, yeah, at the end of the day like sure, like it's not like a clean hospital room but like there is hospital equipment that you can't bring with you to this cabin that like you couldn't have foreseen you were going to need. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, and also like, 
to a degree, I was like, well, once they open the cabinet and see that it's fucking dirty, it's, like, literally mm-hmm. disheveled, like, you should be like, mm, you know what, no, we need to go somewhere else, like, this cannot happen here, this just feels, like, unsanitary and dangerous, but I get the whole thing is, like, before they walk in, they dump mm-hmm. the heroin, so it's like, well, in the fucking trip back, like, it's gonna be just, she she could, like, go on a fucking tirade and, like, we'll crash a fucking car, who the fuck mm-hmm. knows, but then the question poses just like, of course, conveniently, y'all would dump the fucking heroin before you even try to unlock the cabin. Um, but I digress. Let us move on from that um, to another moment in the film that I was like, oh my goodness, this just feels like exactly what movies like Cabin in the Woods parody, mm-hmm. like to a T, is um, when the nerdy friend, uh, or the guy with glasses, he's not mm-hmm. overtly nerdy. They find the book in the basement with a bunch yeah. of cat fucking carcasses, which I'm sure you I love. I yeah. that's like, something I thought about in this movie is that I was like, oh my god, well, there's so many dead cats, first of all, in that scene. And then the dog dies later on. I was like, Alex, and I don't know, because I know that you obviously, we both do, but especially you, you have an issue with like dead animals, especially when it's like it feels unnecessary to the plot. Which I would argue a little bit, these animals are unnecessary. Yeah, of course they are. Killing-wise. Most of the time, it's unnecessary. Most of the time, horror films kill an animal because they want to use it as like a stepping stone before they start killing the people to be like, ooh, do you see how like we're starting off slow and like the family dog or cat's going to get it first and then the people. And I'm like, honestly, for me, I'm more upset about the animal. Right. So I don't need you to do it. So anytime I see a horror movie that like has an animal and doesn't kill it i'm like amazing thank you for not fucking just feeding into the very very obvious trope that is not necessary i mean i miss i think in this film it was used to show that like the cats were being used as like a sacrifice to try to like well i feel like that was very witchcrafty yeah which like you know one cat fine but there were a lot of them they were hanging up they were like they were like dissected i didn't need it yeah it was nasty well then the like the cats i was like okay like an interesting choice, but I'll let it go. Um, it feels like the dog more specifically, which I guess the argument could go both ways, but because of the fact that in the original, they do not bring any animals with them. So the choice to bring an animal is very much new, and mm-hmm. it feels like the only point to bring the animal was so that we can kill the animal. But like not even in a huge climactic moment or anything like that. It literally happens to a degree off screen because he finds the dog like crawled under the fucking hole in the shed, mm. pulls it out, and then like has this like vision slash like flashback to what actually happened for the audience. I no, I think he. I think that moment is supposed to be what he thinks happened, which is that he thinks his sister in like a withdrawal rage killed the dog. But I don't think that she killed the dog but it, that's what's unclear to me because it's like we all know if you're going and having seen the evil dead or having seen any of the dead type shit in this movie beforehand you know that they're like crazy super fucking violent there is no mm-hmm. like tee haha moments with them so it does feel at the same time where it's like does it is it supposed to play both is it supposed to play a moment of like this is what i think happened and he's assuming it's because of like a withdrawal crazy moment but we're supposed to get, like, no, she did kill the dog, but she did it because she's, like, possessed with this thing. It's unclear because then the next shot is him just trying to, like, kick in the door while she's standing in the shower fully clothed. In the same clothes that she's been in this whole time. So it's not, yeah. like, there's a different outfit so or whatever. I do think that it could be taken either way because, you know, up until that scene, as far as I know, she's not turned into a deadite yet. But then she is the next time you see her. So I think 
that kind of leaves it up for interpretation of like I, I fully believe that that scene is meant to be like this is what he thinks happened which is what like then spurs him to go like try to approach her but if she actually did it or not or if it was just like the woods that got him I don't really know I mean obviously it was like the, the demon regardless of whose body it was in that did it but yeah I, I think having that dog is just again unnecessary I will say that to Fede Alvarez's credit in Don't Breathe spoilers for Don't Breathe he does not kill the dog when he has ample opportunity to so I was a little bit surprised to see that he chose to do that in this film when it wasn't necessary um well did he write this one as well let me look I don't know quickly yes he did he wrote it it's writing credits go to him Sam Raimi I'm sure because of the original yeah. maybe he wrote on this one as well and I don't think he did Roto Sayagas y'all okay. gonna, you know I can't pronounce names y'all don't get mad um but yeah so he did yeah so it is interesting that that was a choice yeah. he made maybe he made it here and everyone was like king why <laughs> did you bring a dog just to kill it and he was like okay I'm gonna bring a dog in the next one but I'm purposely not gonna kill it yeah I just think it's like very amateurish to do it for me just because it's so obvious every time you see an animal you're like great the animal's gonna die and like I just think it's I just think it's like really I don't know pedestrian to just add like add time to your film to kill an animal when it's not necessary if it drives the plot forward if it's like in John Wick like it's the driving force for the whole film I don't like it but I understand why it was a part of the film but like just having a dog come just to kill it and then forget about it. Why? Because when I think about it, because at first I was like, I mean, maybe it's because we're supposed to see, like, I don't even know, but like now that I really think about it, like, yeah, it's completely unnecessary because all that that scene does is gives him a reason to go to her room. She, he, but anything the, could have done that. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, they could have gone and checked on her. They could have heard something weird and then the door's locked and they're like, let us in. Let us know that you're okay. Mm-hmm. Because literally all it is is just to get them to go in the scene when she's standing clothed in the shower and the water is so scalding that the fucking water heater or whatever the fuck it is is now on fire mm-hmm. and it's burning her fucking skin off, like third degree burns. Like, that's the whole point of the scene is to get us to that moment, which then will lead to the moment of like, okay, now she's fully possessed walking out with a shotgun. Like, yeah, so yeah. we don't need the dog death. We don't need the dog there at all. The dog serves nothing to the plot, in my opinion, I other agree. than, like, she, like, knows the dog. I don't know if, I can't, I might have missed it if it was, like, an old family. It's called, like, Grandpa or something. Yeah, it's Grandpa. It. I think, I'm assuming it's, like, his dog. I mean, I know my, like, if my sister had dogs, I would know them. She knows my cats. But I will just say, to spark off of that really quickly, that is the temperature I love to take a shower in. Oh my god, the, the way that I thought the same thing, I was like, ooh, she got the perfect temperature in that shower. Yeah, if my fucking water heater doesn't bust into flames mm-hmm. and start fucking searing the flesh <laughs> off my body, I stand in that shower like clutching myself. I'm like, Jesus, this water is cold. Like, I literally have to come out of the shower like beat fucking red. And I'm like, ugh. What a relaxing time. Yeah. There has to oh. be so much steam in my bathroom that I cannot see where I'm walking. That's what I need. I have to feel like my, I have to rest my head against the wall because I might pass out. Like, that's <laughs> how hot it has to be in the shower for yeah. me. Um, excellent point. Excellent point. Um, Thank you. But all this to come back to what I was bringing up originally, and then we got sidetracked by the animals. Um, the friend with the glasses who finds the book. Mm, yes. This shit sent me over. Because what's so funny about 
I know that you don't particularly care for Cabin in the Woods. I really like that movie. I do not. Um, the friend equivalent in that movie, when they find whatever book in the basement, and he has the line where he's like, okay, I'm drawing the line at, like, reading the Latin. Like, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, that's what you always want the character to say. In this movie, and it just feels like, because it's made in 2013, and in theory, like, it, the characters in this movie are supposed to live in modern times. And I'm like, okay, do horror movies not exist in this universe for them? Because I get, like, in real life, people don't believe in some of that shit or whatever. But if I found a book that literally was nasty as fuck looking like that, like, literally bound in, like, what appears to be maybe human fucking leathery flesh. I think it is, yeah. Opening it up, all these scrawls, whatever. And then, of course, on the fucking page that is, like, scribbled out to nobody's fucking business, it literally says, like, do not read this. Do not fucking say it out loud. Don't even think about it. First thing this motherfucker does, gets some graphite into paper, mm-hmm. starts rubbing out the words, and as he's rubbing them out, having to say each one aloud, I'm literally sitting in my bed at this point being like, literally some of the biggest dipshit horror <laughs> energy I've ever seen in my life. Like, everything, every choice you're making, the wrong one. And not only the wrong one, the most empty-headed thing you could do. Just, like, leave it alone. This motherfucker's acting like he's writing a thesis paper on this shit all of a sudden. Like, having to scrawl notes. And I'm like, I get that y'all maybe are bored because you're not here for a fun vacation. You're here to, like, detox your friend. Mm-hmm. But, like, why the fuck did nobody bring fucking shoots and ladders or some shit? <laughs> like, why the fuck is the only activity to do to read from the fucking Book of the Dead that in every possible way is telling you, please, for the love of Christ, don't read from this book and you're like oh what's this one say i was just like you know what at at the very least this motherfucker deserves it and i I will say that the movie does pay off a little bit in that sense because like he in theory like lasts the longest but like every time somebody else becomes a deadite he gets some shit like the girl that cuts off the fucking side of her face like she Mm -hmm. fucking oh my god i had to cover my face and you know there's not a lot that makes me have to do that when she starts ramming the needle like into his eye i was like and I knew it was coming and I still couldn't do it Ugh. and then later on it's the fucking nail gun yep. he's getting crowbarred like he fucking doesn't get a break and I don't feel for him at all the whole time I'm like buddy <laughs> I don't know what you thought and you know you appreciate to a certain degree that he's kind of the first one that's like this is not you know withdrawal this is witchcraft because he I knows think he fucked I am up off. right and I'm just like you know good on you for like yeah. owning it I guess but also like there couldn't have been more fucking, like, red alerts, red flags, and you just didn't decide to care about any of them until it got to be too late. So, I'm sorry, King, but that needle's going right into your eye. Yeah, I feel like the fact that he comes around so quickly to being like, fuck, I think I did this, and, like, trying to burn the book and trying everything he can to get rid of it, that tells me that when he was, you know, looking through this book made of flesh that has horrible things written in it and drawings and he's surrounded by dead cat carcasses. Um, You know, he knew that there was probably a chance that something bad would happen, but he was so curious to know what it said and if anything would happen that he just did it anyway, which, you know, is to me very strong fucking himbo energy, as you like to say. Um, So... The thing is, like, it's not even himbo. It's literally just, like, fucking Dumb fucking idiot men. Uh, Yeah, but, you know... I, I let it go because we need to get the words said at some point. And I do I do appreciate that they didn't just kind of recycle the same. Like, we're going to find a tape recorder of people saying it. Even though I think logistically that makes maybe more sense. But I, I did, yeah. I appreciated that, like, in this version, they the people who had the book prior really took as many efforts as they possibly could 
to get people to not be able to read it again like ripping the pages from the book and yet he still fucking macgyvered that shit and i know was able to get it so like i appreciated it for that aspect of it but yeah i think the fact that he read them out loud i was like what are you fucking doing stop but that's i think that's the point that like you brought up several good points but specifically the one you just said that really gets me on that one it's just like yeah you can't even visibly read it and you are so fucking desperate to mm-hmm. create an issue for your fucking self and everyone else with you that you're like i will literally do i'm like a fucking grave rubbing with this fucking pencil to get these words okay already idiotic but then it's like as i fucking get them i have to be like what's this say <laughs> argo or whatever the fuck it is and you're just like Oh my god, so dumb. But I think you made a very good point in the sense of like, yeah, if they had found a tape recorder or whatever, there would have been a sense of like, especially because like in theory the people that we saw right at the opening didn't seem to be from like a really long ago time period. Right. I say long ago, it wouldn't be that long ago. But like a a time period where they would be using such things, it seems like this happened, I don't know, fucking two months ago. Who the fuck knows? Like, Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, so there would have been a sense of like, okay like sure you're trying to stay true to the original but like why the fuck would Mm -hmm. they record this on a tape recorder or whatever so i get not doing that but i think that's i think what brings up the frustration is because when you think about the original like you don't have that frustration that you have the moment where they're like turn it off turn it off it's creepy Mm -hmm. all that makes sense because of the fact that it isn't someone being like hmm big ugly gross book that someone said not to read from who wants to hear a story like they're literally just like people in this world love to be like it says I can't do it. Well, I'm going to do it then. Oh, I agree 100%. It's just like those people also make me irate. Like yeah. the people that are like, and, and, and yeah, I, I always think about that. If like, if I was in like a scary movie and my friends were like, we're in a fucking, which didn't get me started. If we for some reason found ourselves in a fucking haunted asylum or some shit. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I know you said you didn't want to, but like, I'm going to start using this Ouija board. Good night. See ya. We're not friends anymore and I'm leaving. Like, I'm not going to be the bitch that's like, guys, come on. Um, you will not catch me, not even for a second, with a demon attached to my soul. Um, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am. I would be gone. So I think in movies when there are those friends, which he isn't even overtly being, but I know that, like, that is a reality with some people. They want to be, like, silly and they want to, like, ooh, I scared you. Am I scaring you? Am I doing the bad thing? I don't believe in this stuff. Y'all are not my friends. You are bringing negative energy to my circle, and I need you to leave. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it does. I think it frustrates me more in this one because of the fact that it isn't really an issue you think about in the first one because it is like a tape that just they're like, "What is on this tape? We must listen." Mm-hmm. Where this one is like, you're overtly choosing to say things aloud. Yeah. Um, I get that. Um, to move on to another topic, I would love to discuss just in general the practical effects and the blood usage in this film because I think it is like the big drawing point for a lot of horror fans and I think also a reason that a lot of people maybe would steer clear of this film because it is so graphic um but I really appreciated how much of the effects were practical in this film because I I was reading that they you know they really wanted to do as much practical as they could to kind of pay homage and respect to the original film which used all practical I think the only time they used CGI was to like remove like strings and things that were helping them um and i read that they used oh god i just looked at it 500 oh i'm sorry seventy thousand gallons of fake blood Holy which fuck. the first film the original only used 200 gallons so and it said fifty thousand of those gallons were used in the rain sequence near the end oh, which sure. just like rains blood down everywhere but i think this movie has some of the 
best practical effects because it looks so genuine and disgusting and disturbing because every moment that is like practical is someone cutting their face open somebody ripping their hand off of their body like it is so graphic and it does not let up and i respect that i love a good gory film you can never have too much blood for me as long as it's you know it's it's well shot and made. I mean, we just watched Wrong Turn too, and that oh my god was please. atrocious. But I feel like this is the flip side of that, where like this is gore and you know violence done very very well. Um, and I love feeling squeamish. I love being like, oh, should I look? Should I look? Because I'm drunk, and I oh, do you have any that are like your favorites or any that you fucking hate? Um, I don't think I mean, like, hate because I don't think that they're good, or hate because they're, like, too scary to look at. That. The later, the latter, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, but, um, I remember the first time I saw it, and then when I was watching it the second time, which is the last time before this time, that makes sense to all y'all, um, <laughs> I thought that the, the taking the glass shard and, like, cr- like ripping off her face mm-hmm. was, like, the one, and Me I was too. like, oh, and not that I don't like it now, but when I watch it now, I'm like, it's not as bad, and I think... I'm probably the only person that thinks this because I'm no, you know, I agree. Tapped. But I think like, it's, it's I think it's the first bad. time you see it. You're not expecting it, and it's so much deeper than you anticipate it being in her face. So you're like, yeah. Oh. But then I think watching it back, anticipating it, being like, oh my god, it's gonna be that moment. It's not as bad. Well, because they show you in the book, because the book is like right. giving like a fucking like picture story of what's gonna happen. They show you like this girl with like some shard and like. Uh, her whole fucking face in her hand. So I feel like in my head every time, I'm like, we're going to see her and literally her her whole face is going to be gone. And it's just kind of like the lower part of her jaw because she's mm-hmm. still working on it is gone, which is still disturbed. But like, it's never as bad. I find that I think my favorite and debatably one of the harder ones to look at is in the blood rain sequence, which is I think my favorite part of the whole film. Um, when Miss Jane has her hand crushed under a car and tendon by tendon she has to rip her fucking hand Mm -hmm. off like literally just like pull it and let the tendons rip off oh my and they like they linger on it like they're like because she's like doesn't know she's gonna do it and then like the other like demon force is coming around the car Mm -hmm. toward her and she's like i gotta get up and i gotta get this chainsaw on a bitch i gotta just do it and she does it um and it's brutal. It is nasty to look yeah. at. I love that scene because I think it's such great acting because when the car falls on her hand, I feel like in so many bad horror movies, I would not really believe the pain that she was in, but she really gives it. She's kicking that car. She's desperately trying to push it off of her. And she like it, it makes me panic of like, if my hand got trapped under something that was like, thousands of pounds that I could not move and like I'm just trying with all my force to get it off of my body that's so fucking scary and then yeah the visual of her pulling her hand apart from her arm is so fucking good it's so realistic oh it's it's awful I love it so much it's yeah it's so much um and then I also the scene with um I mean, the, the the girlfriend cutting off her arm is also mm-hmm. really great. I like that as well. Like, when they come well, in. That's a and great it's homage like, to, like, Evil Dead 2 when his hand is 
when he has to cut it off for the to put the chains on and his hand like comes to life and he has to fight his hand well it's interesting that you say that there because I don't think you're wrong but I also feel like because of the whole movie they definitely make you feel like I believe his name is David is the brother's yes, name yes, yes. they're setting him up to be an Ash like character because like he's one of the two boys mm-hmm. he's the one that at the first is more resistant to killing anybody and like unlike the other friend in the movie and then of course at the end he has to come around and he has to do it he has to kill the girl he loves and this one it is his sister or whoever um but I feel like the whole and the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, this is no fucking Ash. I don't give a fuck. Like he's not my Ash. Which you know, no one can ever be Ash. But like you know, and I love that they do that. That's one of the things I do love about this movie is that mm-hmm. they they're like, you think we're gonna make him your Ash? No, we're gonna bring this bitch back around. She's been cleansed of this now. She's Ash. And I feel like that moment with the car, because yeah. specifically, like Ash doesn't cut off his whole arm. He just cuts off his hand. Right. So her having to rip off his hand, because then right afterward, she picks up the chainsaw. So it's like, I feel like both are, where it is just like the girlfriend, she doesn't have a chainsaw, but like the sawing action of taking a limb off is very Ash. And And then that moment. becoming demonic and like turning. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, But I, I like that shot of like, we see her doing it and then they're like, they come in and they find her in the kitchen and she's like, I feel much better now. And yeah. the arm just like drops to the oh, floor. Oh, I love that where it like falls off the last fucking tendon. Oh my God, do you ever have like this? I don't know if you're this way, but like sometimes if I ever have like a limb that has pain in it or if I like have like a tooth or like my gum is like aching over a certain mm-hmm. tooth, I have like the sick vision. I'm like, what if I just like ripped it out? What if I just ripped it out? I feel, I, and I know that in reality I would never be able to do that and it would literally be the most excruciating pain, but there's that like sick like thoughts I get where I'm like I bet I'd be so relieved if it's just like not in my body anymore so it seems like this in a movie where they're like I cut off the rotted limb I feel so much better I'm like girl don't I get it I'm always looking to cut off one of my legs yeah or she's something. also probably about to die from fucking blood loss because she did not wrap it up and like you know tie her arm up before she did it she no tourniquet action there she right. just fucking sliced it off but no I th- I'm glad you brought that up because my favorite thing about this movie is the fact that they kind of trick you into thinking that David is going to be the male protagonist Ash type character because like none of them I mean this is not a remake of the original it's more like a reboot because none of the characters are the same it's the same kind of like storyline but it's different characters none of them are like you know based in like I think maybe it's the same reality but like you know 30 years later and they don't really have anything to do with it so I love that they trick you and they bring it back around to her being the final girl because even watching it this time around, I was I had forgotten and I was like, oh, she gets taken by the deadites this early and she but like she's she's our final girl and I love that because it it's not what you expect and I think it gives a really impactful twist for me and also I think that she's a much more interesting character overall than her brother. Um, and she's a much better her. actor. Oh yeah, and period. You get to see. I mean, because essentially, like they do that with Ash and Evil Dead too. Where like Evil Dead, you have him as like he's always human. He's fine. He's you know the hero. And in Evil Dead too, he has those moments of becoming a deadite, and it's really fun to see him in that way. So you get that for her, just in this reboot overall. And I think she's really spooky. That my one of my favorite shots of the movie is when uh, I think it's right before she cuts her arm off. She's like. Because she had been bitten by Mia, who is Jane Levy's character. And she's, like, in the kitchen, like, holding her arm. And it cuts really quickly to, like, Mia in that basement shot where the, the cellar door is slightly ajar. And she's just, like, like licking her, like, oh, she cuts her tongue in half with the box cutter, which is so good. And she's, like, swinging her, like, tongue up and down, like, eh. 
like at her and I think it's so fucking gross and creepy it's my favorite it's well so I also good. love when she's starting to cut her arm off and she's like don't cut it off don't cut it off yeah oh yeah that well, whole I was thinking about this time off. around because I was like we let it's like it's time to talk about Miss Jane because she yeah. is what's making this fucking movie um which I have some things to say but specifically what I was thinking about first is just like you watch this and when she's just playing Mia as herself I personally am like great I think she's doing a great job mm-hmm. acting like um which also pause another thought that I had that I was going to bring up which is Mia related which is that it just feels like in general the whole journey she goes on I don't think this is a reach at all. I just, like, haven't taken the time to really sit down and really scribe out my thoughts on it. It feels like the whole fucking movie is this, like, metaphor or some type for, like, addiction and overcoming it and, like, the demons that you face. Because, like, Mm -hmm. we – I can't imagine that it's not to a certain degree because, like, sure, like, yes, as a device to, like, get them in the cabin, it's one thing. But I feel like making her a fucking heroin addict is such a big thing that, like, it has to have more overarching meaning to what's going on here in general. And I, you know – the sense of like oh everyone around her is affected by it when she like Mm -hmm. kind of like can't get better and can't get help the people she loves like it destroys them as well and like at the end of the day like she is the only one that can overcome this quote-unquote demon which she does absolutely um so i definitely think that but she's also the heroine oh shut the fuck up (laughs) jesus (laughs) um but when i was thinking this time i was like unless i'm wrong like that's also Jane Levy, like, in the Deadite makeup the whole movie, like, doing that shit. So, like, and she's selling every fucking moment of being terrifying. Yeah, Which I'm sure so when scary. you're in crazy makeup, it's so much easier to, to like, go around and be, like, mm-hmm. like, crazy. But I was just like, oh, my God, she is fucking giving it her all. And I'm believing every second of it. Which brings me to a really big thing I have to say. Because I have to defend this bitch's honor because she deserves it. She is, first of all, a horror icon in my eyes. Even though she's only done, as far as I'm aware, two horror movies. Same, with same director for both. This and she was also, Don't Breathe. Wasn't she also on Castle Rock? I don't think so. Was she? I'm pretty confident she was on at least the first season of Castle Rock. Oh, you're right. But she is... Was she, yeah, I think she was. But it was such like a minor role. Wasn't she like Jack Torrance's niece or some shit? She, yeah, she didn't have like a huge part. But I, I definitely think... The, at least the first season she was in. So, I mean, I don't personally care for Castle Rock, but... I mean, um, neither do I, but... But um, that's, that's horror, so... I mean, I believe she's a horror icon in my eyes, as I was saying. And I want her to do more horror movies. But this bitch deserves to do more horror movies with people that are not... Excuse me if I pronounce it wrong. Fede the Alvarez. director, Fede Alvarez, and the other guy that's, like, his co-writer for both this movie and the Don't Breathe movies. Because, and I'm sure some of you will know this, and both my roommates, Abby and Roberto, are big... Jane Levy fans because they love Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Um, But when Don't Breathe 2 was announced, and obviously we both really like Don't Breathe. It's a great movie. Mm -hmm. Um, A movie that I don't think anybody was thinking this needs a sequel to any I mean, I don't think anybody thought, hmm, this rapist kidnapper? I would love to see more of him and what's going on before this. Right. I'd love him to be my protagonist. So did you see the sequel? No, I will I mean, see yeah, it. Don't don't when, fucking run to see no, it. No, I will see it when it's on streaming, and I don't have to fucking go anywhere or spend any money on it. Because I, I thought this was something that I might bring up in our end of the year special, but it's getting brought up now, so like whatever. But yeah, I mean exactly what you said. Where it's like the movie, then it's not really a spoiler if you've seen the fucking trailer, and also like I'm if I'm spo- if I you don't want said spoil- spoilers for Don't Breathe in this episode. Did you? Yeah, when I talked about the dog. 
oh, 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 yeah. So whatever the fuck, y'all. But Don't Breathe 2 is literally like they try to make you like care for the, yeah, the fucking like kidnapper rapist. And I'm just, the whole movie is atrocious. I couldn't wait to fucking get out of the theater and for it to be over. But before any of it was announced, I think before anyone even knew what the sequel was going to be about, they just knew there was going to be a sequel. And Jane Levy wasn't in it. And like people were like, you know, fans were like, oh, I wonder why she isn't in it. The director and I believe his friend or one of them or both of them essentially came forward and they were like, oh, like, you know, kind of answering for Jane Levy and being like, you know, she's, you know, doing better things now. Like, you know, starting it off very complimentary. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, she's doing so well for herself in TV, blah, blah. And then like kind of these backhanded comments where it's like, yeah, I mean, like when we worked with her before, she just like didn't seem like she was happy or whatever. And I'm like, and then she, I think she definitely had shots back where she was like, put them in their place as she should. Um, she's like, you know, y'all never asked me what the fuck I thought. Like, mm-hmm. you just made assumptions about how I fucking felt, which is fucked up. And then you, like, go to the fucking media with that shit that isn't even true. But my thing is, like, y'all made fucking Evil Dead remake 2013 and Don't Breathe. Two of the most, like, one is, like, the most depraved, gory, fucking disturbed things. And then the other one is the most, like, literally, you will not breathe while watching the movie. You are so tense and a fucking scared and all of it. I cannot imagine, not that you're miserable at all, but when you're on the set and if you're really giving a great performance like she is in both movies, that, like, you're, like, do-do-do-do-do, just, like, hanging out and, like, on my little Twitter, like, in between takes, like, all smiles and giggles. I don't, obviously, I wasn't on those sets. I cannot speak to any of it. But it's just, like, y'all aren't making Evil Dead 19 fucking 81. Um, So that movie which we also know from our episode, was miserable for them to make, but that's beside the point. In your head, you're probably like, oh, so fun. This is, those, neither of those movies are movies to me that I'd be like, yeah, I'm sure she was fucking Ray of Sunshine while making it. Not to say she was rude or a bad person. I think it's completely understandable that, like, she was probably in a fucking headspace where she was like, you have me playing a role where I have to go through it. Even if she didn't make Don't Breathe, it was just this movie. If you watch this movie, this bitch is leaving it on the floor. Blood, sweat, tears, everything she has put through. Um, yeah, I can't imagine she was in a fucking chipper-ass mood all the fucking time on set. It just, like, sent me. I was like, you men are so fucking stupid. As always. As fucking always. And I just had to come on here and let y'all know if you didn't know that, that these motherfuckers are idiots. And when I went to see Don't Breathe 2 and I left and it was dog shit... I was just smiling and laughing to myself, <laughs> thinking, Miss Jane Levy, I hope you are cackling wherever you are, girl, because you stayed on top. You won. Yeah, I mean, both of those films, she's giving, like, physical performances. She is, her character is going through, like, the worst trauma of her life. Like, she's not going to be in between takes, like, having a fucking, like, jamboree, because I'm sure she needs to, like, as an actor, put herself in a very specific like mindset and like really feel the emotions that she needs to portray and I'm sure if she were to jump back and forth between like being really happy and having a great time and like being miserable it would be more difficult I mean I'm sure she had a good time with like her castmates and I'm sure they probably thought she was like you know a great person to work with but when you're directing somebody and every scene that they're doing is fucking misery yeah I mean it's just like a really weird like offhand thing to say to the media about somebody when like that's your perspective do not speak for her you can say like oh like it didn't seem like you know I don't know you can say like from your perspective but do not say it as fact of like she did not have a good time because you don't know you unless you've full-on asked her like 
do you ever want to work with me again? And she said, no, then do not speak on it. It's just like one of those things where it's like, it's just like such a bad look. It's just yeah. like to say that, like, because you didn't have to answer at all. You could have said some shit like, well, we had already written this story and it doesn't, it, it doesn't involve anybody from the first right. film except him. Okay. Whatever. Your yeah. film still fucking sucks ass, the sequel. But like, you didn't have to fucking drag Miss Jane into it. Um, but something about her performance isn't particular to her performance, but it's something that her character does go through in this film that happens in the first film that when I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't even think, and we might have, and I forgot about it. I don't even think we brought it up, though, when we had our main episode. And it's something that I don't care for in the first one. And it's oh, something that I felt yeah. like... We didn't talk about this. I was like, well, really? We had to we had to do this again? Okay. And, you know, debatably more uh, graphic. Which is, and I'm sure anyone that's seen any of these knows what I'm talking about, is the vine rape sequence uh, in the woods. In the first one, happens to whoever the fuck I can't even think of her name um one of the girlies um and it's you know very like practical like almost like stop motion x but it's not of like vines wrapping around their legs and you can infer as they go up to her upper thigh like what is happening and she's screaming and it's just like "Mm, okay um you could have had her possessed or anything could happen to her I mean I'll give it I won't I don't know how to phrase this Sure, it's an original idea. I've never seen a tree rape somebody prior to that. I mm-hmm. haven't seen it in anything else other. So sure, it's an original horrifying idea. Which I think I didn't bring it up in the first episode because it was like, okay, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. It's, let's move on. Like, you know, they didn't, you know, redo it over and over again in every movie. It's just like one of those things now to do it in the remake or reboot, whatever you want to call it, that it's just like... It's so much more graphic. And I, not to shit on anyone from the first film, but Jane is giving a much more believable performance, I would say. Granted, because I'm sure there's much more believable effects happening around her and all this shit. But it's like she sees this, like, demon mirrored image kind of of herself standing before her as these vines have already, like, gripped her up in the air, like, holding her. Like, she's fucking being sacrificed to King Kong. And it vomits out this, like, slug vine shit that's black and tar like and it like literally slithers toward her goes up her leg and literally you see it like slip right up into where her coochie would be and she like screams and lets out a noise that is so feral and painful and it's just like one of those things where it's like uh, to a degree yeah you guys are getting the reaction you want I'm sure from an audience of like horrified disgusted uncomfortable but as we've talked about numerous times now on this podcast when it comes to in films specifically we'll say horror films with like scenes of sexual abuse or assault against women rape all this it's just like you are treading very very dangerous territory it if you're gonna do this in your film you would hope that you're one going to be tasteful about it and secondly it's going to serve a greater purpose. And I'm sure there were people that will argue that it happens in the first movie. It's a huge moment in the first movie. We have to do the vine rape again. And you know what? You all can have your opinions. I absolutely don't fucking agree with you. I think that if you're going to change all this other shit about the movie, there could be a, a million other fucking ways that she could have become possessed. You could even still do crazy, creepy shit with the trees. I would have much rather that slug thing crawl up and go into her fucking mouth and make her swallow it than go up to her fucking vagina. Like, it's just, 
it feels unnecessary to me. I don't know if you had similar reactions, but I just needed to state that, especially because we didn't bring it up in yeah. the OG episode. Um, I mean, I feel conflicted about my opinion on it, just because, I mean, I don't enjoy watching depictions of rape, but I, at the same time, as you know, a horror fan, I recognize that that is a very big horror in Every, anyone's life who has been sexually assaulted not just women and you know I'm okay with really films showing me any kind of representation of real life as long as it is po- like a purposeful reason and not just you know thrown in for rape's sake like if it has a, a purpose I'm usually okay with it um, I didn't bring up the scene in our main episode simply because Sam Raimi has since said that he wishes he didn't do it and he really regrets having put that scene in the film um and I think if he didn't have that regret, I would have been like, yeah, I think it's okay that the remake did it. But I think the fact that like that sequence by the person who wrote it and directed it has said, if I could do it over, I would take that scene out to then, I think, use it again in a new movie to me is slightly disrespectful to Sam Raimi and to, you know, that production as a whole, just because like you don't need to do it again if it's been stated that it's something that is a regret but for me I mean I do think that the scene works in both movies I'm not mad at it I think that it's I think the purpose of it is just that it's such an invasive scene where like it it hits me in like a different way than all the other horror elements to it because it is something that like we can relate to very viscerally and it's just feels like very very assaultive and invasive really it's just like it's the the most invasive thing that you can possibly do and I think having it be the trees and this these like inanimate objects well I guess trees are living um like these vines and things like it is very visually interesting to me so I think in the first film it doesn't really bother me although I did read that the moment where like it goes in her like the the actress like was not prepared for like the aggression that the like prop was gonna have and so like her reaction is like in the new one no in the original Oh, so like and that's another reason why like Sam Raimi was like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. Um, but for me, I mean, in terms of the film, it does not bother me. I would be equally fine if it was not included. Um, but I, I do think that it works to like really, really like freak me out in a lot of ways and more than just like, oh, that's gross to look at. Like it's an internal like I feel very disturbed by what I just saw. So, you know. I, mean, I, I could I, I could take it or leave it, personally. That's very interesting, because I didn't know the thing about Sam Raimi, that he had come forward and said that, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to fucking gold star any of these men for, like, doing the bare minimum of being like, maybe my really fucking graphic rape scene was mm-hmm. distasteful. Um, you know, I guess it's nice to know to a certain degree that he thinks that, but that makes it even, I guess, more interesting to me that then... Yeah, he's listed as a writer on this. I don't know if that's just because, like, inspired by the original works yeah, of him or whatever. It's based on his original script. But he it's, produced he this anything. as well. He was producer on this or on all this, where it's just like, end of the day, like, I don't, I've never been a producer on a fucking big movie or anything. So I don't know, like, how if he had fully read the script beforehand and this was something that was in it and he had expressed. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, but kind of like you were saying, like, it's just like a movie as well where it's like, 
there's as we've talked about kind of throughout this whole minisode of like there's so much graphic violence like if that's what you're hungry for don't you fucking worry you will get plenty for everyone in many creative ways which i think is another reason where i'm like y'all are doing all these new creative kills and shit like this and shit that i don't recall seeing at all in the first movie i don't nothing like this um and it's all you know feeling that need if you have it so like why of anything you were gonna pull violence wise from the first film did it have to be the vine rape like right. it's not like you're like well we're going real fucking graphic you guys got that covered you take that out movie is still fucking nc-17 dancing that fucking line of like holy fucking shit so kind of that's that's where i stand on it um but you know you don't want to harp on an uncomfortable topic for uh too long so as we wrap up here were there any final thoughts that you wanted to share on evil dead 2013 remake I feel like we touched all of the big things that I wanted to talk about. I mean, I just think, you know, it's a quick, like, 90 minutes around there. So it's very short. I appreciate that. Um, I do think that it brings something new to the table in terms of this series as a whole. So I think it, I'm just, I'm really glad that it didn't have the same tone as any of the first three films. I mean, because like we said in our episode, each film in the original trilogy gets campier and sillier and stupider as they go and I'm really glad that they kind of did a 180 on that and they were like no let's look at the dark undertones of this kind of situation um and I also think that it could have very easily been a shitty reboot like a lot of you know reboots or remakes these days are and I think that it holds up really well I think the final sequence with the blood rain is iconic um and you know, I just, I mean, I just, I have a really good time with it. I enjoy it. I recommend it. If you're squeamish, obviously it's probably not going to be one for you, but if you have a, a steel tum-tum and you want to watch <laughs> some gore, I mean, do a double feature of this in Cabin in the Woods. Not Cabin in the Woods. I'm so sorry. I never would say that. Do a- Jesus. <laughs> I do not care for Cabin in the Woods. I know everyone is shutting it off right now. Um, do a double feature of this and Kevin Fever is what I was going to say. Okay, interesting. Because uh, I wish y'all could have seen her fucking face when she said Kevin <laughs> in the Woods and then realized she literally looked like she was like looking at like a plate of worms. She was like, ugh, as if I I'm would sorry. say Kevin in the Woods. Aside from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I am not going to promote anything fucking Joss Whedon has made. I will not do it. That's a fair reason. I will That's not. That's a very fair reason. Um, I always forget that he's connected to that. You and know, I just cho- I choose to remove him from my thoughts often um i would personally joss sweden can suck my balls aside um recommend a double feature of this in cabin in the woods just because of how perfectly funny it is to watch the stupid fucking decisions made in this movie and then Mm -hmm. watch the motherfuckers comedically make those decisions in cabin in the woods um yeah i mean i think we touched on a lot um this movie you know for me personally um and i i'm not saying that you feel differently but like in my mind, I'm like, isn't as good as Evil the Evil Dead. It's yeah. not as good as Evil Dead 2. Agreed. I would personally probably pick to watch this over Army of Darkness. Any day. So I think we're on the same yeah. page as far as that. But, you know, as we said, all of them. There hasn't been particularly for me an Evil Dead movie that I've watched that I'm overtly like, bad, not good, God, wish it wasn't in the series. So there's that. I think we talked about it on our other episode. There is supposed to be a new Evil Dead movie at some point called um let's see here it's called evil dead rise it's supposed to be directed by lee cronin who is director of the horror film from 2019 the hole in the ground um 
Alex making a face, but we're going to move on. Um, I just have not heard great things, but that's okay. To each their own. But, yeah, it says, there's a description, but y'all can fucking look that up. I'm not going to recite to you this fucking IMDb shit. Um, yeah, so maybe at some point, if and when that comes out, and we might have thoughts about it. Maybe we'll do an episode or a mini-sode on that. But, yeah, I think that really wraps up our thoughts on the Evil Dead remake. Um, I, I, We personally watched this our own ways. Um, it's not currently streaming anywhere. No, I mean, uh, if, it I is. Watched, I watched it on Stars. If you have a subscription. Oh, if you have Stars, I'm yeah. I'm not bougie enough to have Stars. So if you are, <laughs> like Alex, um, if you, you watch on Stars, have your parents' accounts for everything. If you have your parents log into Stars, you got it made. Um, but yeah, so I mean, as always, Happy Halloween season. We do have at least one more mini-sode coming for you and it's one that I think we're both very excited about um and as a hint we did similar mini-sodes to this um last October um so look out for that uh and other than that we will talk talk to you guys as I said at least one more time before Halloween and we hope you have a wonderful October and as always keep it creepy bye bye